Sometimes people think of cryptocurrency, especially since it's treated as property, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, like a stock or a security. But it's really not. The regulations are pretty different in the way that you don't need a tax bit for stocks if you're, tr- if you're right. trading stocks. Why? Because the broker that you're using just issues you a 1099 form for you to put in your taxes. You don't have to do anything. This is not the case for crypto. There is no obligation right now for crypto exchanges to issue 1099 forms, which that um, kind of is forcing people into having to generate their own tax form called an 8949, or you're doing it yourself. Welcome to Tech Intersect. I'm your host, Tanya Evans, and my life and work exist at the heart of law, business, and technology. Yeah, I've earned a few fancy titles and degrees over the years, but the bottom line is I'm a writer, speaker, teacher, and lifelong learner. And I'm really excited that you've joined me on this journey. So what is Tech Intersect? Well, it's authentic, empowering conversations with really interesting guests who demystify complex topics to prepare you for the future, because your future is now. And it exists where law, business, and tech intersect. Get ready to listen, learn, and leverage. Let's get started. In this episode of Tech Intersect, I am thrilled to welcome Nikki Sanders to the show. Nikki is head of blockchain engineering at Taxbit, where she leads blockchain research and development specifically for decentralized finance and non-fungible token smart contracts. And I invited Nikki on because it's time for folks to start thinking about crypto tax And actually, and we'll talk about this in the episode, you really should be thinking about the possible tax implications with each transaction or taxable event, or even figuring out what a taxable event is. And to have a plan for managing your transition into the future of money and wealth. And I want to talk about tax form changes. We see that every year. The latest bill to exempt small crypto transfers, which would be such a welcome change in the industry, and a few best practices for you to keep in mind for your crypto tax prep. We will talk about all of that and more in a moment. But first, Nikki, welcome. Hi, Tanya. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yes. Well, you know, you're my friend in my head and on the Twitters. And now, you know, (laughs) we actually get to connect sort of IRL to have this conversation that I know that we're both really passionate about, because it's one thing to really be excited about just watching in real time the build of this next iteration of the internet and all of the options and the opportunities to have greater self-sovereignty and autonomy with respect to finances. But, you know, it comes at a cost and the cost is really about managing it in a way, let me put it this way, you can't build generational wealth if you have not taken care of the taxes and then you end up, I don't know, in tax jail. I don't know. We don't want that to happen to any Tech Intersect listeners. So let's help the good folks out. But before we even get into that, talk about your, you know, your rabbit hole moment or how you even came to this specific intersection of tax, obviously finance and crypto specifically. Yeah. So I got my computer science degree in 2011 and immediately jumped into the field as a backend engineer and did that for a few years. And I was doing defense contracting, which is super great, stable job, but like, but pretty boring, really Mm. slow moving on the tech side. There was a company, Overstock.com, if you've heard of them, Mm -hmm. they um, got into kind of like investigating the blockchain space a little bit. And I had a friend from school who 
was one of their engineers. And so he brought me on. So, and then this was in 2015. So about seven years ago, I really didn't know much about blockchain or Bitcoin, but wanted to learn. I love to learn new things. So I jumped Mm. right in and was, was thrown in the deep end, having to learn on the fly as Ethereum was becoming a thing and smart right. contracts were being like, that were coming out and the Solidity smart contracting language was being developed. I was really lucky to just kind of like be in the world at that time and mm. be kind of along for the ride and investigating this technology as it happened. And after really learning about the applications that blockchain technology can can do, I just was hooked. I was like, this is it. This is so awesome. Right. And so that was, yeah, 2015. Um, the company I really dug in, in this venture company I was at was really like focused on like digital assets and like mm-hmm. digital securities on bringing secure securities to the blockchain. So really got to dig in that side was lucky enough to like help innovate some patent ideas on some mm. smart contract patterns. And so I got to be part of that and got some patents out of it. Then um, in 2021, came over to TaxFit mm-hmm. because they started realizing how important it was to be able to grab on-chain transactions to help calculate people's tax burdens. So because at that point, their main focus was on like the centralized exchanges uh, right. via API calls, which is great. But then as DeFi was becoming a thing, like there's no centralized exchange that has the information. So I came on in June of 2021 to really head up that effort and build a team around me doing so. Yeah, you make a really uh, so many really good points. That last one in particular is we think about this technology really being global, right? This idea of being borderless. And if you're connecting with various exchanges, centralized, let alone decentralized exchanges, for sure, that there is no set baseline for the way that this reporting is to occur. There's some places that don't collect taxes at all and certainly are not keyed to the specifications in the United States, for example, or around the world. So everybody, you know, it was like, yay, uh, we're in charge of our own money. Screw the man. And it's like, oh, but I'm going to need my forms. And they're like, first of all, there's no customer service in some places. There is in others. and, And we're much better now. And we'll talk about that. But who do you call and who are you, right? <laughs> and so that presented really interesting complexities to the upside of earning with also tracking taxable activity and also reporting it in a way. And and the people who I know, the great majority of people actually want to do the right thing yeah, exactly. and just did That's not have thing. the tools, right? Exactly. That's something that we at TaxFit have really dug in on because we'll have people come to us and they're like, well... But how are you, how would you enforce this? Like, and we're, we're like, we're, we don't care about the enforcement part. Like we're here to help people who want to be compliant right? because without really good software tools, it is a, a nightmare. If you have a right. lot of DeFi transactions to figure out like what your taxable events were and how much you owe, like mm-hmm. it, it's just untenable. And so like for people who, yeah, like you were saying, want to be you know, part of the society and mm-hmm. like, you know, be above board. That's who we're trying to help. Right. It's interesting this year when I think of President Biden's EO that came out recently, that was basically not just advising, but really mandating that each agency really focus on and coordinate with other agencies on their particular mandate or call, right? So from Treasury, they're going to double down and focus on 
unreporting and underreporting. And you have folks on the other side doing a range of things. Focusing on treasury and tax compliance, when I'm thinking about the like 10 Form 40, for example, last year, where I feel like there were questions about crypto, but it was the first time, like the first third, like what we call above the fold, like before, you know, we're going to get your name and your social and oh, by the way, right? In this long string of have you ever. And then I saw some language recently that changed that to even be more specific. And I know that spooked a lot of people. I'm wondering, one, your thoughts on the language that asks people whether they've bought, sold, exchanged, earned, you know, they're getting super specific and what you all kind of advise people about how best to answer that question. I know there are some different ways of thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. I really see that that verbiage change as a real move in the right direction. I think the previous question could be a little confusing because sometimes people don't realize that something they're doing with crypto is not a taxable event. So they don't need to report it. So I think they were really trying to like narrow in. They're like, these are the specific taxable events we care about. Right. Otherwise, you don't need to to tell us anything. Like if you're just buying crypto, there's no tax burden. Don't even worry about it. But the second you have a disposal of you like selling or trading in an exchange for another crypto, that's when you're going to have to report those transactions. Right. And it's important for people to understand. And thank you for the clarification around the specific taxable events. Now for your individual purposes, understanding and kind of setting your basis, because if crypto is taxed as here in the States as property, right, then you're tracking gains and losses, then you'll want to know and we'll get into tax bit and how that can help folks. But that's that in and of itself isn't a taxable event. It kind of sets the bar for, you know, up and down and all of that, personally speaking, as we're tracking If that Does that make sense? Or is that accurate? Yeah, that is accurate. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about the challenges we've talked a bit about, but the challenges that people were having in terms of tracking their transactions and how Taxbit helps with that, helps them to organize how it all works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So one thing that's interesting is sometimes people think of cryptocurrency, especially since it's treated as property, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, like a stock or a security. Mm-hmm. But it's really not. They're, the regulations are pretty different in the way that you don't need a tax bit for stocks if you're tr- if you're right. trading stocks. Why? Because the broker that you're using just issues you a 1099 form for you to put in your taxes. You don't have to do anything. This is not the case for crypto. There is no obligation right now for crypto exchanges to issue 1099 forms, which that um, kind of is forcing people into having to generate their own tax form called an 8949, or you're doing it yourself. So that's a huge burden on the consumer. So really what our like our product here at Taxbit does is it takes all of your transactions when you receive crypto, yeah, trades, sells, any interaction with a DeFi smart contract, mm-hmm. something like that. And we're able to break those out into each individual taxable event. And then then we have like the logic with our, you know, team of uh, CPAs and tax mm-hmm. to actually be able to do correct tax treatments on these different situations. Right. It's not always the same. Depends on what you're doing. Right. But then like the super tricky part is tracking your cost bases. Mm-hmm. So again, your brokerage for your stock trades will do that. How do you know what price you sold your ETH at? At a certain point in time, like right. the exchanges don't track that. The blockchain 
like there's not an API that you can call to right. get information. So then once you have your taxable events, you kind of have to apply the cost bases of the different assets moving around to those transactions. And with that, you can calculate your tax burden, or maybe uh, you made some bad trades, you spent a lot <laughs> of gas fees, and you can get some, uh, have some, some losses to write off on your taxes. Mm-hmm. That actually is welcome. <laughs> yes. That can be very, very welcome. Interested in the future of wealth and digital assets, but think they're just way too complicated? Well, just a few short years ago, I felt the exact same way. Look, digital assets are tech and finance driven, but one, I'm not a computer scientist, and two, I'm not a financial guru. But I am a lifelong learner, an educator, and focused on generational wealth and not getting left behind in the new digital cash economy. I've carefully curated the best practices based on lessons learned so you can easily get started and do so safely, legally, and confidently. I created the first blockchain crypto and online certificate program and then created Advantage Evans as an online academy to empower folks like you and like me who want to learn how to onboard without getting scammed or stuck in YouTube University. In my free masterclass, I show you my six-step Secure Advantage Framework to get you started on your journey towards the future of wealth. Or if you're already on the road but need to reassess and rebalance, refocus and prepare for the next bull run, I'll share best practices, tools and strategies without all the carnival barking. I'll show you how to take control of your future and create a plan that puts you in the driver's seat. It's not about timing the market. It's time in the market, not to get rich quick, but to build a solid foundation that endures over time and generations. Don't let another moment or bull run pass you by. Join my free masterclass today and receive my Secure Advantage Toolkit. Quickly learn the smartest and most updated methods in the digital cash economy. I won't be offering this masterclass for long, so secure your spot today. You're ready to grow. So let's go. Prepare for your future today. Join me now by going to AdvantageEvans.com forward slash masterclass. That's AdvantageEvans.com forward slash masterclass. And the idea of pulling in all of this information based upon, as I understand it, wallet addresses and being able to track all of those transactions seamlessly into one place. And I was kind of kicking around your UI UX. And I think the user experience is really important. And I think it's really, really good that you want to make this because onboarding and the management of it, it's just a full-time job at this point still, even with the technology that we have, getting a wallet, moving things, going on an exchange, pulling it off the exchange, connecting. It's a full-time job. We enjoy it. I don't suspect that others would actually enjoy doing this all day, every day. And it changes. So, you know, when you think about best practices for people to manage their information and their wallets as they even prepare to set up in TaxBit, what are some of the ways that you advise or encourage people as a matter of best practices to track crypto? Yeah, I would say really as you're going through the year, it's a good thing just to be mindful that this is something that you're going to need to do in in January to April of the next year. 
I've been really bad at this in the past, like before I was super aware and I was, you know, I would roll, I would use a lot of different wallet addresses. I kind of forget what I'd use them for. Right. Um, and if they're empty, like I, I thought, oh, that's fine. I don't need to remember what this address was because like I used it and then I've transferred away from it. But it's actually really important to kind of keep track of that because mm. the way we work at Taxbit, when you add in your wallet addresses, we can track the trades like between on-chain wallets, between centralized exchanges to really like give you a full picture of where your crypto went and right. carry those co- that cost basis all the way through. Because that's kind of, that's pretty important because if you buy ETH, at, you know, $3,000, you want to that cost basis to be carried through your transactions, not have an assumption that, oh, it was just like given to you or right. you bought it at like zero dollars. That could vastly change like, right. your tax burden. So it's really important to carry that cost basis across the whole life cycle of your crypto activity. Mm-hmm. I saw on Twitter and I haven't delved into the specifics of it, but just maybe at a high level, because this is uh, appropriate for where we are now. Let's say I have Bitcoin, I trade Bitcoin for ETH, and then I see some hot token that I want to get. And all of those transactions happen in the same day or for very little in terms of the amount. But the tax code currently, as it's written, doesn't care whether it's a huge transaction or a teeny, teeny, tiny one. And some of the beauty in in the crypto space is being able to buy just a teeny portion, right? You don't have to buy it. An entire BTC can have a portion of it or ETH or whatever, but it's like the blessing and the curse. If you have to track every single transaction becomes a taxable event. So enters, you know, this um, new bill enters the scene to address that. Can you talk a bit about that for the listeners? You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. Yeah. So the bill you're talking about right now, I think brings the like taxable, like minimum to $60 for mm-hmm. any transaction over $60. Like that's something you'll need to report as a taxable mm-hmm. event. And really like, so every time that you trade crypto, it since it's property, that's a, a capital gains transaction. So you're going to own, you're going to owe capital gains tax on the gains that you made on the asset that you disposed of. In this case, like if you bought you know, Bitcoin at like $5,000. And then, yeah, you trade a little bit away to buy a cup of coffee for like $3. But now Bitcoin's at like, you know, 40,000. You're going to owe the capital gains on that bit of Bitcoin that you disposed of from that time. That cup of coffee just got a lot more expensive because you owe a ton of, of taxes on it. Then you have to put it in your 8949. You have to enter it into your online tax form. It's, it's just unwieldy and really makes it so it's difficult to use cryptocurrency as an actual like currency to right. like trade for actual like services or products. So that is what the bill's really going after of like, okay, so these little transactions, you don't need to track it. We at Taxit will have to track it to kind of like track where that 
Bitcoin went and removed right. it from, from your like your store of Bitcoin. So we'll still have to be aware of it and to kind of deal with it on the tax side. But for the end user, it should make their lives a lot easier and just really kind of help push crypto forward as like a tradable thing. Right. It's a, a major drawback to have these these capital gains events for every single transaction, no matter how big or how small. I hope that the amount would go up a bit, you know, but $60 is going to be better than nothing. And it's a bill. It has not been, you know, written into law. It, it makes me think of Schoolhouse Rock and I'm just a bill, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see happens. We'll see what happens and maybe a kind of a slight upward um, adjustment, but at least we're talking about it and Congress yes. is considering it. So that's an important yes. part. All right, let's talk about best practices going, not just best practices, but what may be an optimal result. You kind of imagine a world where you have the optimal tax regulations in place to really obviously do what taxes are supposed to do, but also support the innovation, mm -hmm. which is what you were just talking about with this bill. Are there things that if you could rewrite the tax code, bless its heart, what are some of the places where you would focus on to really create optimal tax regulation that hits the sweet spot? Honestly, I think the biggest issue right now, like in that field, is the lack of regulation leaves mm. a lot of room for ambiguity. We here at TaxBit like work really closely with the IRS and with the Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation on these kind of issues. And honestly, like they're being really kind of careful to put any anything like strictly in place just because mm -hmm. they're still trying to figure out what this technology looks like. What are the use cases? Like, how is this going to play out? But the conversations we have have been super positive. Like they do not want to kill this technology. Right. They're trying to do this the right way. And which is why they're being kind of slow about it, which is frustrating sometimes for the consumer. So honestly, I think they need to come in and like define what is cryptocurrency Let's not just like shove it into the bucket with just regular property taxes. That's kind of confusing and weird. Right. I think um, with the infrastructure bill that goes into effect on January 1st, that really defines more of what a broker is, which mm. would include all centralized exchanges right now and maybe even some DeFi protocols. That is still mm. trying to be figured out. Centralized exchanges, they've kind of known that this change is coming for a while. They're getting ready. They're going right. to start issuing 1099s. That'll make you as a user, your life way easier just right. to get the, the tax form. So that will be great. DeFi protocols are no, in, no one I have talked to is prepared for this. <laughs> we'll see if that gets delayed or what happens there. But really, the regulations coming in right now are honestly, they're trying to make it easier for people. Unfortunately, we live in a society with laws and with taxes. So mm. as much as like some really hardcore libertarians might hope, there's going to be taxes on cryptocurrency. It's going to happen. It'd be really nice if we can raise that bar of like, so like microtransactions, yeah. get away scot-free, yeah. um, maybe clarify some of like the capital gains rules and the cost basis reporting. It's just kind of a burden on the consumer right now. But I think they're going to be coming in and it's going to start really clarifying a lot of things. And I don't want people in the crypto space to be scared of these new regulations right. coming. I honestly think it will only like bolster the industry. There are a lot of like big players with a lot of money that we've talked to that are really interested in it, but honestly are kind of nervous too, just because it's still kind of wild, wild west. They're like, oh, is this going to get like shut down? Is the right. government going to say like, no more trading? It's still kind of an unknown. 
So there's people waiting on the sidelines to get in. If this gets like the check mark of approval from governmental agencies, I think we're kind of off to the races. This becomes more mainstream, just more involved in everyone's daily lives, more accessible to everybody. You know, good for us early adopters because then the price will go up. (laughs) (laughs) Come on in. The water is fine. The water is fine. Yeah. I appreciate your comments so much. And I share the sentiments where you have regulators really being quite cautious. Obviously, if something cataclysmic happens, that's when they come in. And oftentimes we can see an over or hyper reaction when something's significant. You know, if consumers continue to be injured or investors or something big happens, and we've seen a lot of either rug pulls or sometimes a computer bug is just a computer bug. Yep. But we're always going to have scammers in the space. There, I still get emails asking me to send $10 million to some foreign country, right? Yeah. So we're not going to shut down email because of it, but let's tighten exactly. up the, the phishing and the spam, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's so, precisely what, where I'm at on that. Excellent. Well, I thank you so much for sharing this. I think this is going to help a lot of people. I hope to have you back on a more regular basis. Maybe we can check in. You'll be very busy in, in Q1. But maybe after you recover, you come back from the south of France when you, and then maybe like in June, we can talk again. <laughs> but please tell listeners how they can learn more about you, connect with you, and certainly more about TaxBit. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Nikki L. Sanders. And there's TaxBit is at TaxBit. Follow us on Twitter. Go to TaxBit.com. It gives you a full kind of instructions on like what we do and how you can get set up. And our base account is free. So anyone can just sign up, start putting your wallet addresses in, start putting your read-only like exchange API keys in, see how it all works, see how we're able to connect everything together. It's really helpful. And one fun thing that we also have on our website is this tax loss harvesting optimizer. Mm. Because kind of part of this capital gains thing that kind of can be a pain, you can kind of gamify it and use it to your advantage when... There are times like now when maybe the price is lower than you bought it for. Right. Um, you can sell and rebuy. Since it's not a stock, there's no 30-day like waiting period. You can immediately reset your cost basis and uh, harvest those tax losses to write off against your other income. So That is a game changer. And yeah. the minute I stop here, I'm going to TaxBit. I'm going to learn more about this. Try it out. I will share this with my listeners. Nikki Sanders has been an absolute pleasure. It's the first but not the last. And I'm... So thankful for what you're doing in the space to help people and to make this a safer, more productive, hopefully in the future, more lucrative space for old and newcomers alike. Absolutely. Yeah, this was great. I love sharing this information and let's get this information out to everybody and get everyone into crypto. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Tanya. Thank you so much for listening to the Tech Intersect podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you love it, please tell the world. If not, go ahead and tell me. And in either case, drop a comment or ping me on social media at IPProfEvans with the hashtag Tech Intersect. And finally, a quick reminder on digital safety. There are a lot of scammers out there impersonating me and others and I need your help. Now hear this. And remember, I will never slide into your DMs to say peace and blessings or hey, and I will never reach out to solicit your time or your money on social media like ever. I'm not a trader. 
I am an educator and an attorney licensed in four states. Thank you very much. I'm here to inform, inspire, and empower. No cap and definitely no forex. So be careful, make good choices, and remember, I developed an entire free masterclass about the topic of digital safety in the crypto space. So check out secureyourcryptobag.com for more information. That's secureyourcryptobag.com. All right, that's all for this episode. Until next time, continue to shine.